parents of school-aged children, are you worried about the safety of your child or children returning to school during the fourth coronavirus surge? Have questions? We have answers from Region 4 Medical Director Dr. Tina Stefanski of the Office of Public Health, now on 10 Talks Acadiana. 10 Talks Acadiana, the podcast powered by KLFY.com. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us for 10 Talks at Haitiana, uh, Caleb Wise podcast. Today, we are so happy to welcome Dr. Tina Stefanski. We have heard so much from her throughout this pandemic. She's uh, given us a lot of just valuable information. Uh, Dr. Stefanski, thank you so much. She is, of course, the Regional Medical Director for Region 4 the Office of Public Health here in Acadiana. Tina, we are um, heading back to school and lots of parents obviously um, concerned about children. And and there's something that um, many of us have been concerned about for quite some time. I'm a grandmother, so I'm concerned about my five-year-old grandson. You have parents with babies, infants, and toddlers. And so how does it work with children and COVID-19? Um, how likely is it for them to contract COVID-19 or even the Delta variant? Sure. So we're seeing with um, with this Delta variant, which is just a, a different um, variant of COVID-19. So we have the original strain of COVID now. It's mutated and we have this Delta variant that's the most common circulating uh, form of COVID in our community by far, you know, almost 100%. What we're seeing with this variant is that it's much more contagious. I mean, it's present in higher viral loads in your upper respiratory tract. So it's easier to transmit this virus. Um, and, and the other really concerning thing is that we're seeing more children than we ever had before test positive. We're also seeing more adults test positive um, than we ever have before. So, so in general, it's um, at this point in the pandemic, we're we're at the highest level of transmission. All of our indicators are, are very concerning and continue to increase. And again, really concerning. Um, a really concerning factor for us is that we're seeing more kids become infected, and not just infected, but sick with with COVID, and so presenting with symptoms. Um, that is that is absolutely without a doubt. Uh, something different about Delta is, you know, previously we suspect that there were a lot of asymptomatic children. So, you know, last year during the school, during the school year, uh, um, lots of likely asymptomatic kids or children with mild symptoms and might not have ever been detected um, as having COVID or diagnosed as having COVID. But what we're seeing now is that um, more children, while we do know that there is, there are still asymptomatic cases, we're seeing more children with symptoms. And, um, and, and so of course, parents are concerned, uh, understandably grandparents, you know, and want to know how do, how do we keep those little children safe? Absolutely. And when you talk about being asymptomatic, um, so are we talking um, are, are actually having symptoms now um, from being asymptomatic to now having symptoms? Are we talking about serious um, symptoms? Are we talking about critical care hospitalizations? And, and can, these, can the children be carriers? So, you know, so I will say, um, first of all, children still generally um, do well if they have COVID. So, um, so I want parents to, to know that number one is that, um, is that most children do fine, do okay if they're infected with COVID. Um, of course, we, children with high-risk conditions, which, which we'll talk about in a second, are, are certainly more at risk for severe illness. But, but we do see children um, admitted to the hospital now with COVID when we weren't really seeing that to this degree um, at any at any other point in the pandemic. We have certainly already surpassed um, for, for this month uh, the number of hospitalizations that we previously saw in children 
Uh, so definitely, while most children do fine, there is something about this variant that does tend to make children a little bit more sick. And so then, therefore, it is reasonable to expect that some of those kids are going to end up in the hospital. So we're seeing that. Again, it's lower numbers right now. Um, and, and it's a big increase, but we're still talking about small numbers. And, and you know, that's comforting, I'm sure, uh, to many parents at this point. So we're talking about um, some of the higher risk conditions and things that parents should look out for. And are infants, um, babies, uh, more um, risk to infection than toddlers and older children? How does, how does, what kind of picture can you describe for us when it comes to that? Sure, sure. So, of course, infants, you know, babies, uh, children under the age of one are always more susceptible to severe to more severe infection, especially when, you talk, when you're talking about a respiratory illness. You know, the little airways are smaller. So a little bit of inflammation can cause some big distress in an infant. Their immune systems aren't fully developed. So certainly infants, newborns, you know, infants um, are more at risk for, for more severe infection. Um, absolutely. And I say and and as are children with genetic or neurologic problems, um, <clears throat> children who might have a poor immune system because of some some underlying issue or genetic genetic issue, um, kids who have asthma have uh, you know more likely to have a severe uh, severe course. Children who are obese um, also have have a more severe course. And then of course, just like with adults, children with heart issues, uh, diabetes, kidney disease they're more at risk for severe illness. So it's, it's those same typical high-risk conditions, um, but, uh, but again, ch and children younger than one years of age and then children who are overweight or obese or these that have high-risk conditions. Those are the most vulnerable. Um, but again, we also see children, I don't want anyone to, to, you know, to, um, to downplay this, we also see children who have no underlying risk factors have uh, have severe courses, um, just like we see with adults. This is a, just a very different virus, um, and, and we're still learning a lot about it. Um, we also have had in our region 22 children since the start of the pandemic with MISC, which is that severe inflammatory condition um, where you see a, a child, young, uh, a, and, and it really... Um, is across the age spectrum um, up into 18, 19 years of age, where, where children get uh, severe inflammation um, throughout organ, many organs in their body, so their kidneys, their heart, um, their, their lungs, and, and oftentimes those children end up in the ICU and are very sick. And, and so we're seeing um, a very similar pattern as the, COVID, uh, as the incidence of COVID increases in our community we're seeing more kids um, diagnosed with MISC. So we've got had about 22 um, children so far in our community, and we, we expect that that number is going to continue to grow. And those children are, are very seriously ill. And oftentimes there is, uh, you know, again, it runs a gamut. Some of those children have an underlying health problem. Some do not. Mm -hmm. So um, so it is concerning for children. And, and, and really we want parents to know that we're not helpless in this, though. There are some ways that, that you can protect your kids and your family, thankfully. Absolutely. And so in speaking of some of those ways, when is it time to go to the doctor? Because even adults are fooled by COVID-19 and Delta. We think it's a bad cold, it's the flu. And before we know it, um, we're almost getting to, um, to the care that we need almost too late. Sure. And so uh, 
Right now, almost any symptom could be could be COVID. It, it, it's really um, it's really challenging, and, and we know that. And we're all working to stand up more community based testing so that people have access to testing, uh, parents included, for their children. And so, first of all, to know if um, if your child has any symptom, almost any symptom, they're going to be sent home from school. So don't send your child to school sick. Uh, number one, and if they do develop some symptom, the school's going to ask that you get your child evaluated by a physician or tested for COVID, because COVID could be um, a headache, cough, sore throat, fever, abdominal pain, diarrhea, it, it again runs the gambit. Um, so I think now we have to have a higher level of suspicion. You know, if in May, in the month of May, if someone had, you know, stomach, stomach ache, it was probably not COVID. You know, at that point, there's a lower likelihood. Now there's such a high level of transmission that it, it could very well be COVID. Um, so it's important that you get your child tested, seen by seen by a provider, get them tested so that you know whether or not it is COVID. It's important for that child. Um, but again, hopefully your child's going to do fine because that's when you look at the law of averages, most children do, do fine. But you also need to know because then who did that child expose? Do you have an elderly grandparent, someone immunocompromised in the household, a newborn baby, a pregnant mom? You know, you need to get your child tested for their own health, but also so that you can then evaluate and follow someone who might have been exposed to the child. Of course, inadvertently, um, you know, we're, we're all trying to prevent that, but, but it's a very real, very real possibility. Dr. Stefanski, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, uh, we are going to talk about some of the preventative measures that parents, guardians, and that all of us actually could take to help protect our younger population. We'll be right back. At Go Auto, we know car insurance can be expensive, but it doesn't have to be. Go Auto helps you save more money on car insurance. Call 888-566-5505 to get your free quote. So how do we do it? Well, that's easy. We have no commission agents, no expensive add-ons, low down payments. You can customize your payment plan and you choose your payment date. We've lowered rates in your area. So call 888-566-5505. Go online at GoAutoInsurance.com. Come by or you can download our app to get your free quote and start saving today. 10 Talks at Kadiana. Okay, welcome back, everyone. We are talking about children and COVID-19 with Dr. Tina Stefanski. She is Regional Medical Director for Region 4 here in Acadiana. It's the Office of Public Health, and we're talking, as we said, about children and COVID. So we just finished a segment talking about what parents need to look for, and uh, I think it's so important that you said that we just have to step up our suspicions. We, we have to increase that because any symptom could be a symptom of COVID, if you could just reiterate that. Sure. So unfortunately, again, this virus can present in, with almost any symptom. So, uh, so someone with a headache, uh, fever, even a low-grade fever, cough, runny nose, uh, sore throat, even abdominal pain, diarrhea. And, and right now, the difference is, while those symptoms we might not have considered COVID just a couple of months ago because our rate of infection or transmission was so low, it's really skyrocketed. And, and now there's so much transmission in our community. You really need to, to be suspicious and have your child evaluated um, and tested. And so when we look at the other side of, of that issue, what are um, some of the preventative measures uh, that parents and guardians can do? And of course, we've heard most of them, but it certainly does not hurt to uh, mention it again. And even if there's anything new, uh, Dr. Stefanski, that we can do. Sure. And, and so first I want people to, to realize that, you know, as this pandemic waxes and wanes, and so we go through peaks um, and, and, and then we see decreases. Right now we're in a surge. So this is, these aren't things that we expect or hope that people will have to do for months and months. But right now it's going to be really important if we can just commit at least for a couple of weeks uh, to get out of this surge, to protect your child and your family by following some of this guidance. 
um, I, I really do think we can we can slow down transmission and reduce potential for exposure. And so it's really basic, just really basic hygiene things. Um, so for example, kids going to school, have, you know, wear a mask. I mean, that is is going to help decrease transmission and also offer some protection to your child. So you know, talk to your talk to your child. You know, kids five and above will be wearing masks in school. Talk to them about you know making sure the mask is comfortable. Um, if they if they have glasses, you know there are all kinds of tips on the internet for helping the child who who's got who has glasses to avoid the, the glasses from fogging. You know, have them laying over the mask and not not just on the cheeks right. and uh, sealing the nose. Um, the, the little uh, clip on the nose so they don't have fogging. So wearing a mask is going to be really important. Teaching your child not to touch their face with their hands because uh, that's, that's how one. we. That's a tough one. That's a very tough one. That's that's how we introduce germs, especially when you have a mask on. Um, you know, teaching kids about good hand hygiene. That's a really big one. Yeah. So I think that's the basics. You know, good hand hygiene, wearing a mask when you're at school. Um, and also just limiting your exposure, not mixing. You know, I think the schools are going, I know the schools are doing a tremendous job at keeping kids safe in school. Um, but realize a lot of exposures happen outside of school. And that's exactly what we saw last year. You know, slumber parties, um, you know, kids getting together in groups. And, and we want people to, kids to be able to do that. It's just not the time right now. Please, you know, delay that for a couple of weeks to get us past this. Have that same group of friends that you associate with, you know, um, that they're being careful, as careful as we can with this level right. of transmission. Um, those are just kind of the basic common sense things that we can do and then be tested as soon as um, as you can if you think you have an exposure. And then I can't emphasize enough vaccination. So 12 and above, anyone who's 12 years of age and older, get vaccinated. That is going to protect you and it's also going to protect that child. And speaking of vaccinations, of course, some of our viewers have asked us to ask you, um, you know, we're talking about vaccinations. It's the age limit is 12 now. Do you think that that would ever be lowered? Is it too far away? And how does that work? Sure. So there's, you know, uh, the clinical trials are still ongoing for children uh, five and above. It, it looks like we're, we're very hopeful that there'll be we'll hear some news in the next month or two uh, regarding approval of vaccines down to that younger age group. But, you know, of course, out of an abundance of caution, it's wonderful. You know, they're being very careful with these clinical trials and we want to make sure that the safety and efficacy data is there before these vaccines are approved for, for younger children. So, you know, 12 and above, please get vaccinated. And then hopefully before too long, we'll have a vaccine for younger children. Dr. Tina Stefanski, thank you so much as always. You have just been, as I said earlier, a wealth of information for us, for our community, and, and just giving us the push that we need when we need it to make sure we're everyone, we're all doing all that we can so we can get past this so that we can save more lives. Basically. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. All right, and thank you all for joining us for our 10 Talks Acadiana, Caleb Wise News 10's podcast. 10 Talks Acadiana. Subscribe wherever podcasts are downloaded. A Nexstar Media Production.